Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Shunya podcast, a series where we interview India's sustainability leaders. In today's episode, we have with us the new G20 Sherpa, Mr. Amitabh Kant. Mr. Kant served as the CEO of Niti Aayog for six years. It was under Mr. Kant's aegis as CEO of Niti Aayog that the Shunya Zero Pollution Mobility Campaign was launched in September 2021. Hello, welcome to the Shunya Podcast. I'm your host, Randhir Singh, Director E-Mobility at Niti Ayo. Today joining me is a very special guest, Mr. Amitabh Kant. Welcome, sir. It's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you. Let's start with some personal questions, sir. If you have to name just one, two people who have impacted your life maximum, personally and professionally, whom would you just name? Well, there are several people who've impacted me in terms of my style of working and my thinking process. And uh, I've been greatly influenced by my own parents, my father who was in the service, my mother who was an academician. They've had a huge influence on me. I've been greatly impacted by a whole range of global leaders and in recent times, I've been greatly impacted by the working of the Prime Minister, Mr. Narendra Modi, and his commitment to India's development, particularly in terms of the size and scale of several schemes, which will have a huge impact on lifting people above the poverty line over a long period of time. And these are the people who have had a huge impact in my thinking process. Thank you, sir. Now, coming to the very sector-specific questions immediately. Now, climate changes are at the center of all the international discussions. And with the G20 presidency coming to India, definitely working group topics will majorly have influence on this. This is also because the impact of climate change is increasingly visible across the globe. Temperatures are rising. Many parts of the world are experiencing severe storms and droughts. And ecosystems are changing. So, the question is, what is India's pathway to mitigate climate change? So, as you rightly said, climate change is having a very profound impact on India. This includes a very adverse impact on agriculture, water resources, forest, biodiversity, health, coastal management, and an increase in temperature. Recently, we've had heat waves which have become more common and severe with many of our cities reporting temperatures above 48 degrees Celsius. The decline in agriculture productivity will have, you know, climate change will have a huge impact on agriculture productivity. And this would lead over a period of time to decline in the productivity levels. And therefore, recognizing the impact India's championing climate action, it is on track to achieving the nationally determined climate goals. Uh, it is mainstreaming sustainability. It is taking a vast range of actions and reducing our carbon footprint. India, with its climate commitments and action, is uh, inspiring many countries across the world. And we were amongst the few, rare few countries which achieved its NDC targets nine years ahead of schedule. Our announcement of aiming to reach net zero emissions by 2070 and to meet 50% of its electricity requirements from 
renewable energy sources by 2030 is a very, very significant step towards mitigating the climate crisis. In a pathway to net zero emissions by 2070, we estimate that most of the growth in energy demand this decade will have to be met with low carbon energy sources. Uh, that is promoting the usage of electricity or hydrogen in some of the major industry sector, refinery, steel, fertilizer, and also for transport sector. Uh, our other commitments at COP26, the five nectar elements which the Prime Minister talked about, the Panch Amrit, will help India achieve its net zero target. That is reaching 500 gigawatt of net of non-fossil energy capacity by 2030, 500 gigawatt, and 50% of its energy requirements from renewable energy by 2030, and reduction of total projected carbon emissions by 1 billion tons from now onwards till 2030, and achieving a target of net zero by 2070. So these are very major commitments, and we've, the Prime Minister, has talked about life initiative that is lifestyle for environment which is to be taken forward as a campaign to make it a mass movement of environment conscious lifestyle the world needs mindful and deliberate utilization instead of mindless and destructive consumption the prime minister has talked about pro planet people uh, without the buy in of the citizens of india it will be an impossible endeavor to meet our climate targets and initiatives like life ensure that the whole of india from industry and markets to citizens and the general public become an active part of our journey towards net zero Yes, sir. So the links between the climate change and development are strong, especially when developed world has gone unchecked during their developmental process. Now, climate change is already showing a severe impact on the environment, people and livelihoods, especially in developing countries like ours. In your opinion, how can India focus on development while fighting climate change? Now, the lingo is develop sustainably. So... Quite right. India is among the most vulnerable countries to climate change in the world. We see it as a huge opportunity. It's not a challenge. We are pioneering a new model of economic development that avoids the carbon-intensive approaches that many countries have pursued in the past. India has a huge challenge and never done before task of continuing its growth and raising the standard of living of its people without powering that growth with fossil fuels. Uh, we need to grow and we want to be the first country in the world to grow without carbonizing. And India will provide a blueprint for other developing economies once we succeed with it. India's commitments to sustainability prove that growth and sustainability can go hand in hand. The average carbon footprint of a person in India is 0.56 tons per year compared to the global average of 4 tons uh, India's traditional knowledge, social norms and daily harnessing and daily household practices strongly position it to lead the narrative of addressing climate change through individual behavior in the form of a mass movement, a Jan Andolan through life. We are focusing on catalyzing growing and fueling the entrepreneurs in the country to create businesses with clean technologies such as hydrogen, electric mobility, batteries, which have all the potential to set the promise for India's growth story and serve as an example of other developing countries. Now, green technologies are driving sustainable development in India. Such technologies maximize energy efficiency and preserve the environment while saving money. For instance, electric vehicles have zero tailpipe emissions and produce 20% less CO2 than fossil fuel vehicles. 
Moreover, EVs have lower fuel and maintenance cost. Now, world-class infrastructure, competitive enterprises, sustainable urbanizations will all be crucial to India's development goals. Multi-stakeholder collaboration and innovative solutions are needed. Financial institutions, industry players, government bodies and civil society all must work together to make this possible. And if we all work together to achieve this in private-public mode, uh, we'll be able to achieve all this. And the need of energy in all green forms, to my mind, is an absolute necessity. And this is really critical. Definitely, all has to work together to achieve this in public-private partnership mode. Now, India needs low-cost capital to help domestic entrepreneurs execute global-scale projects in areas like green hydrogen, solar energy, electric vehicles, and battery manufacturing. Prime Minister in COP26 raised the need to track climate finance along with the progress made in climate mitigation. In this climate emergency, the transfer of climate finance and low-cost climate technologies becomes more important. India expects developed countries to provide climate finance of USD 1 trillion at the earliest. How important do you think the role of finance is to mitigate climate change and what are the potential solutions? So this is a very, very important issue because catalyzing a green transition will require a multifold increase in public as well as private capital flows to build India's green infrastructure. India needs low-cost capital to help domestic entrepreneurs execute global-scale projects in areas like green hydrogen, solar energy, electric vehicles, and battery manufacturing. Multi-stakeholder collaboration and innovative solutions are needed to access low-cost financing. Financial institutions, industry players, government bodies, and civil society must all work together. This could lead to catalyzing, growing, and fueling the entrepreneurs to create businesses with clean technologies, which could be within hydrogen, electric mobility, batteries, which could then set a great premise for India's growth story as a developing country. Many nations in the world have applauded the five nectar elements, Panch Amrit, of India's climate action, which the Prime Minister talked about and announced. And this announcement to intensify India's climate action at COP26 has the potential to bring investment and new technologies to support the country's transition to a clean and climate-resilient economy. India's renewable energy sector has become a prime destination for global investors with the potential to attract US $10 billion of annual investment. So, environment, social and governance, ESG-related private investment have grown considerably in the past few years. In addition, estimation by UNCTAD has shown that recent inclination of capital markets towards SDG-based outcomes as sustainably-themed investment increased to US dollar $3.2 trillion in 2020 and 80% jump from 2019. These investment products consist of over 1.7 trillion of sustainable funds, green bonds of over 1 trillion, US dollar 212 billion of social bonds, and mixed sustainability bond to the tune of US dollar 218 billion. So this is, you can imagine the possibility, this is huge, huge, and this will have a huge impact, you know, a massive impact, because the future really lies in supporting this transition towards green, this transition towards going digital, this transition towards accelerating the pace of SDGs. Sure, sir. So the possibility that in the absence of 
global climate finance, India would have to divert some of its developmental finance to fly, fight climate change. Now, in terms of the transport sector, India's transport sector accounts for almost 11% of India's energy-related carbon dioxide emissions and is further growing at a faster pace. So, what is India's outlook on the future of transportation to achieve its net zero target? So, India is among 42 leaders to back and sign up for the UK's Glasgow breakthroughs, launched at the COP26 Climate Summit. India is also a co-convener of the Glasgow Breakthrough on Road Transport, together with the UK and the US. The Breakthrough on Road Transition aims to make zero-emission vehicles, including two- and three-wheelers, cars, vans, heavy-duty vehicles, the new normal, by making them affordable, accessible, sustainable in all regions by 2030. Commercial activities in India generate 4.6 billion tons of freight annually, leading to over 3 trillion ton kilometer of good movements. Now, with rising levels, higher exports, a rapidly growing e-commerce sector and a growing retail sales sector, the urban freight demand is expected to increase by 115% this decade. The rising demand for goods and services in India has supported the country's rapid economic growth over the past decade. India's transport network has played a very critical role in the economic development of India by providing connectivity. This connectivity facilitates the movement of goods and people, which keeps the industries and cities in India going. And commercial passenger movement is also rising rapidly and is expected to double by 2030. So the government of India is promoting electric vehicles with a huge outlay and it is aimed at purchase incentives for the automotive and auto component industry and a huge incentive through the production linked incentive for batteries. Uh, India's national mission on transformative mobility and battery storage aims to make India a world leader in electric mobility solutions and a manufacturing hub for exporting competitive batteries. The electrification of the transport system will be the key driver of India's transformational mobility paradigm. Sir, you are one of the pioneers in India's electric mobility transition. Could you please talk about the government of India's initiative towards the decarbonization of the transport sector? So a few months back, Diti Aayog, along with the Green Growth Equity Fund, PwC, and UK FCDO launched the report on advanced chemistry cell battery reuse and recycling market in India. This is the first part of a three-phase project to ensure that India captures the advanced battery reuse and recycling market for raw material circularity. We remodeled the Fame 2 last year and the response it received was phenomenal. The sales of E2-wheelers has increased by more than five times. 5,450 electric bus tender was successfully executed. And the production-linked incentive scheme for automobile and auto-component industry has been driven. And this scheme envisages to enhance India's manufacturing capabilities for advanced automobile products, battery electric vehicles and hydrogen fuel cells by providing fiscal incentives to boost localized of electric vehicles. It facilitates investments, generate employments and strengthens EV manufacturing ecosystem in India. The production linked incentive scheme on advanced chemistry cell launched and approved in 2021 with a budgetary layout of over 18,100 crore over a five-year period. My view is that we should provide even greater outlays for this because under the scheme, the government will boost local manufacturing of battery storage, which is really the future to bring down the prices of batteries in the country and reduce the cost of electric vehicles as well. The more th 
uh, Ministry of Road Transport has also established provisions to further reduce the cost of owning, operating an EV and facilitating EV operations. Exemptions from road tax and registration fee, along with a waiver of permit requirements for applying as transport vehicles uh, to reduce the cost of owning and operating of electric vehicles. The registration and sale of an EV without a battery is allowed based on the type of vehicle approval uh, certificate issued by the testing agency to create a technology agnostic ecosystem for battery swapping and fixed charging models. In addition to this, through EV State Support Accelerator Program, we are continuously supporting states in the EV policies formulation, implementation and upgradation. So all this has been really, really critical. So in addition to being a key driver of Make in India, Startup India, Incredible India and God's Own Country initiatives, you also started Shuna campaign last year during your tenure with Niti Ayo. The campaign has received wider acceptance with more than 130 industry players already part of the Shunya campaign. Can you talk about some of the contours of the campaign and what role you think Shunya can play in scaling electric vehicles in India? So Shunya, the zero pollution mobility is a consumer and corporate facing campaign hosted by Niti Aayog and RMI. The campaign aims to accelerate transition of vehicles used for ride hailing and deliveries into electric vehicles by creating awareness and demand for zero pollution rides and deliveries in Indian cities. Shunya also refers to the notion of reducing the negative impact and maximizing the positive impact across the urban freight and passenger transport value chain. The campaign entails three major components, corporate branding program, a consumer awareness drive to highlight the health and environmental benefits of EVs and solidify Shunya as a slogan in every household in India. And Neeti is using both traditional and digital media channels, ad films, info commercials, billboards, blogs, and social media, and resource toolkits to allow EV users to assess the costs and impact of EV adoption. Online tools are being designed. These include a cost and emission reduction calculator, an impact tracking dashboard, and an EV financing and policy measures. Industry engagement is one of the key elements of the Shunya campaign. The campaign was actually conceived in partnership with the industry players by Niti. Industry partners are involved in every aspect of the campaign. The campaign is inclusive as it welcomes any industry player actively working in the urban freight, ride hailing and charging infrastructure sector in India. Corporates are recognizing the need for a public-facing awareness drive to highlight the economic and environmental benefits of switching to EVs. Moreover, they are seeing this campaign as an opportunity to drive consumer benefit for the electric rides and deliveries. The ecosystem it has created by bringing together a dedicated group of industry stakeholders, corporate partners and consumers can not only build awareness around EVs, but also create an irreversible demand for zero pollution deliveries and rides in Indian cities. Through Shunya, our effort will snowball into a nationwide paradigm shift to green mobility. Apart from encouraging tackle disruption in the energy and mobility sectors through setups like Atal Tinkering Labs and 10,000 plus incubators to push adoption, we noticed the limited participation of bank and NBFCs in EV financing. Therefore, the fintech startups that are driving the innovation and growth through the features like revolving credit limits, GPS tracking, AI-based credit risk assessments, etc. to bring affordable finance at adoption stage. What do you think 
the role of corporates and startups in achieving India's climate targets? Well, today India is the third largest startup ecosystem in the world. Indian startups are disrupting the world, especially in new emerging areas of health, nutrition, agriculture, logistics, transportation. Indian businesses need to aggressively invest in research and development of clean energy technology and devices to tap the huge growth potential that the climate change crisis has presented for the sunrise sector. Old industries will die and the green and digital industries will emerge. India can become a global leader in clean energy only if the domestic industry invests in cutting-edge technology. India needs investment to drive R&D and innovation in areas like hydrogen, advanced solar panels, next-generation batteries. In the case of electric vehicles, several corporates such as Flipkart, Capgemini, Dalmia Cement, JSW Cement and Zomato are making commitments to 100% electrification of their fleets in India between 2030 and 40. Startups are leading in the marketing of EVs and creating product awareness. Startup OEMs are also helping create consumer trust by supporting a range of business models that can ease adoption. For example, leasing and battery swapping are startup-dominated innovations. Another major opportunity lies in the green hydrogen sector. India can emerge as a production and technological hub and a global green ammonia exporter. All these are huge, huge opportunities. And there's a huge opportunity to emerge as a global green champion. So, sir, at the end, uh, we would like to ask a very pertinent question. So, as you transition to your new role as G20 Sherpa, how does your new role intersect with India's priorities to achieve the net zero goal? So, this is a very major and a top-class priority and this is an area on which we should build consensus. India should emerge as a global champion and India is scheduled to hold the presidency of the G20 from December 1, 2022 to November 30th, 2023. I can assure you that our major focus would be on climate finance, green technologies and bring a consensus to drive green development of the world. So thank you very much. One last question. So when you are not working, what can we find you doing? What are your hobbies and what do you do to de-stress? I do a lot of physical exercise. I do a lot of yoga. I play a lot of golf. I do a lot of gardening at home. And this is, uh, and I read and write. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the Shunya podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on the Shunya podcast. Join us again next week for another episode where we will speak to India's sustainability leaders. Thank you.